0: Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Aggie Wagon podcast, a place for New Mexico State men's basketball skeptics, fanatics, doubters, and really anyone who likes basketball. I'm your host, Stephen Wagner. Let's shoot the breeze. Hey, howdy, hey, y'all want some chicken today or how about a cardinal instead? Just kidding, because I just learned as I was recording this that the Aggies' first WAC road game of 2022 at Lamar Thursday in Beaumont has been canceled due to Lamar not having enough eligible players because of virus issues in their program. So the Aggies' next contest will be Saturday at UTRGV at 6 p.m. Happy New Year, by the way. But now that the breaking news is out of the way and I avoided burying the lead, let's dive right into some WAC conference headlines since our last episode because we have definitely got some things to catch up on and we've got a very busy day ahead of us. So as you all know, the Omicron variant of the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus has caused dozens of college basketball games to either be canceled or postponed and some high-profile programs like UCLA have gone almost a month since they played their last game. Thankfully, the COVID bug hasn't hit the NMSU roster yet, although associate head coach James Miller missed the Chicago State game in COVID protocol but we're beginning to see games around the WAC impacted by COVID as well. The Aggies were originally scheduled to begin conference play at Seattle on December 30th, but COVID issues in the Red Hawks program caused that game to be rescheduled to February 21st, still at Seattle. New Mexico State's Thursday night game against Lamar has now been completely canceled after Lamar had COVID issues. They also had their previous game postponed against Stephen F. Austin uh, because of more COVID issues in Lamar's program and they played their last game against Sam Houston State with only eight available players due to COVID, which certainly doesn't make things much easier for a team that I've projected to finish second to last in the league and hasn't won a game against a Division I opponent this season. The WAC also announced that if a basketball game is canceled due to COVID-related reasons, that the school's administrations will attempt to reschedule. The game will be considered a no contest rather than a forfeit if the schools cannot find a date, and schools must have at least seven players available to play and one coach. The Aggies game against Lamar will be considered a no contest as far as overall record and net rankings go, but NMSU will be credited with a forfeit win, and Lamar will be credited for a forfeit loss as it relates to seeding for the WAC tournament. NMSU Athletic Director Mario Mocha said on the Ask the AD podcast, that he believes the WAG is moving toward updating its quarantine and isolation policies after the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention changed the recommended isolation period for asymptomatic individuals who test positive for the virus from 10 days to 5 days. So far, four games between WAG opponents have been canceled, including one affecting NMSU, and that is where I want to start off today. So I got to talk to Chris Jansen in his Monday press conference, and I asked him if this feels deja vu-ish after all the mess of COVID cancellations that the team went through last year, and here's what he had to say.
1: Certainly there's some similarities, but um, what I keep reminding myself and others around me that, you know, we're sleeping in our own beds and we're not in Phoenix and you know, so that, that makes it a little more bearable. It's, I don't think anybody could have expected this when the season started because of how COVID was trending then, but um, we've been down this road before and all of us have to, you know, be nimble on our feet and work with, you know, our, our members of our league and the conference office and, you know, figure out how we move forward and try to get as many games in as we can. And, um, but it's it's certainly a fluid situation and, we're going to get our instructions and marching orders um, from um, folks in the WAC and folks at MSU, and we'll follow suit and do the best we can.
0: Now, at this point, the fact that more games are going to be canceled or postponed is inevitable. Forget what your opinion on the virus is. The fact of the matter is that this Omicron variant spreads incredibly quickly, although it appears to be more mild than the Delta variant, But as long as players and coaches continue to test positive for the virus, we are going to see a lot of games be canceled and postponed like we've seen already. And that is not fair to a lot of teams. It isn't. We're probably going to see something like last year where not all teams in conference play. Uh, end up playing the same number of games or have the same records, and that might create some sort of disparity. Uh, When it comes to tiebreakers and other conferences, it seems like the WAC has figured something out as far as crediting teams with forfeit wins and forfeit losses uh, as far as they relate to WAC seeding goes, Uh, but that might not be the case in every single conference. Um, And that could also... Affect potentially the conference's long shot chances of getting two teams into the NCAA tournament, even though, like I said, that is a great long shot. But that's really what I want to focus on today is that this is not something that is going to affect everyone equally. So think of it this way. The way that our tax system works, in theory, and I want to mention that I'm saying this without trying to be political in any way, shape, or form, is when the IRS comes knocking, everybody pays a different amount of money based on what they should be able to afford. Rich people give a lot of money, poor people give less money. But if there's a flat tax rate, everyone gets affected differently. Just using whole numbers to make things easy. If you're in a one-person household supporting only yourself, and you make $100,000 a year, you pay 10% of that in taxes, you still have $90,000, which is pretty good and should be enough to live off comfortably. But if you're really poor and say you only make $20,000 a year and you have to pay that 10%, you're now left with 18000 because you need that $2,000 a lot more than the guy with the larger salary needs $10,000. Because it means more to you because your margins are that much thinner. You don't have as much room for error, and being unlucky might set you back a little bit more. And this year with the COVID cancellations in the whack, it's going to be kind of like that. And the teams rich with talent are going to be fine, and the teams poor in talent are really going to hurt even more. Right now, there's no guarantee which players will or won't miss time with COVID. But odds are that it's coming. It's kind of a miracle that NMSU hasn't had a player in COVID protocol this season, but it's coming. And when it does, NMSU needs to count its stars that it's loaded with talent. Who's to say that... Jabari Rice, Johnny McCanson, and Teddy Allen don't decide to go out to a restaurant one night. And it turns out their waiter has COVID and all three of them test positive the next day. And they have to miss multiple games with what right now is 10 days in isolation. And Chris Jans has to play two or three whack games without some of his best players. There's no guarantee that won't happen. And we've seen it happen in other programs already this season. But if it does, the Aggies are going to be fine because they're rich with talent and they can probably afford to pay the tax of missing multiple pieces for a short period of time. If Sam Houston State loses that many pieces because of COVID, they're going to be in serious trouble. If Seattle loses that many pieces, it's bad news for them. And the same goes for Tarleton. And basically every team that sort of falls between that 5 through 10 range in the conference that probably won't have a shot at winning the WAC, but has a shot to be competitive and maybe cause a little bit of chaos, especially if they can get a good seed going into the WAC tournament and they can get some good matchups. Those schools aren't as rich with talent. They need that $2,000 a lot more than the Aggies need that $10,000 if they want to have any sort of chance at getting a decent seed in the WAC tournament because the Aggies have a lot of disposable income. They've got guys like Chi-Chi Avery who can take over a game in the blink of an eye if they get hot coming off the bench, and then they've got Mario McKinney, they've got Nate Pryor. They're going to be fine. I'm not worried about NMSU at all. Jabari Rice and McCants and Allen are the cash that you keep in your checking account to withdraw regularly and pay your bills because you use that account a lot and basically for everything. And Chi-Chi Avery and Mario McKinney are the savings account that you keep for a rainy day. But not everybody in the WAC has that savings account. The top four schools in the conference, which I think this year it's very clear, are NMSU, Grand Canyon, Abilene Christian, and Stephen F. Austin. They should all be fine because they have some level of depth, especially NMSU. But after those four schools... Losing one or two or three starters for even a few games can totally derail your season. Just think your lucky stars that NMSU's metaphorical bank account is huge, not the literal one, I want to make that clear, but the Aggies can afford to pay the tax on availability when the collector comes knocking. And with that being said, I want to welcome one of those key reserve pieces onto the show. He's currently averaging better than 16 points per game, over the Aggies' last three games and earned his first two starts of the season against UT Permian Basin and Northern New Mexico after previously only playing more than 10 total minutes in just four games. But he started two of the last three games and is shooting 67%. The roster says his name is Marcellus, but you commonly hear him referred to as Chi-Chi. Let's all welcome Chi-Chi Avery onto the show.
2: I'm doing good. How you doing?
0: Doing fantastic. Happy to have you here. And uh, ready to dive into some NMSU basketball, if that sounds good with you. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I want to take a moment to ask you a little bit about your personal experience this season. So uh, the last time we talked, uh, you said that before you came to NMSU, you were a little bit more accustomed to being more involved with the team um, it-, it-, it, in terms of just like your on-court minutes and stuff like that and for a lot of this season you've come off the bench and uh you know you haven't always received the most minutes on the team um and so I want to know you know what was the experience like for you having to go from you know kind of previously being accustomed to being either the guy or one of the guys uh to being somebody who's going to come off the bench quite a bit uh just got
2: to play a role that's all I can say um um Coach Jens, he got trust in me. Coming off the bench, as long as I do what he want,
0: I play in the game. It's not too much to that. Um, yeah. Is it kind of hard for players to go through, um, you know, such a drastic transition from you know being a regular starter and? Um, you know, having 30-point and 10-rebound performances um, to, you know, some games only having single-digit minutes. uh, And what was it like mentally uh, for you having to make that transition?
2: Uh, Mentally, to be honest, um, I was kind of shocked at first. I didn't think I was going to play at least, like, five, six minutes at the most. But, like, going along... The season, you do what you're supposed to do, you get in the game, do everything you want, I mean, do everything the coach wants you to do, and that helps you get in the game.
0: Yeah, so going off that a little bit, you know, Chris Jans has said that he bases his rotation based off of how productive each player is. Um, and the last three games, you've been, you know, one of the most productive players on the court. Uh what changed from the start of the season to these last three games? Um, you know, was it a change in your mindset, the way you practiced, uh, the way you prepared yourself for a game? Um, what exactly happened that is now allowing you to be so productive on the floor?
2: Um, I say practice. It starts at practice every day. Uh, do everything he says. Um, he told me, uh, the day before the what game we played first new mexico he told me uh this is your chance right here to see what you got see uh, how, like see what what i've been doing on the off like off days like what i've been doing every day in practice all that and then it just turned into the game i've been working every day to do what i can and now i'm playing
0: did you have, you know, kind of a feeling of relief or joy or what exactly was your emotion whenever you were able to, you know, go out on the court and drop, I think, that game? It was a game-high 17 points, and at the time, it was a career-high for you. Uh, you know, what was that like for you emotionally to just kind of, like, see things pay off in a very significant and obvious on-court way?
2: Uh, it was a relief. <laughs> for real. Just to know, like... I'm really improving myself mentally, and yeah, I'm improving every day. So now I'm here.
0: <laughs> Obviously, everyone has a role on the team, and everyone has something that they bring to the table You know, that's specific to their skill set that other guys don't have. Um, now that you've had the chance to get really meaningful minutes in three straight games and we've seen you know the production come along with that, um, what do you see your role is becoming? What does Chi-Chi Avery do and what should fans expect when he's on the court?
2: Rebound, play defense. I'm a scorer. Uh, uh, I don't say like I try to go out and score. I just – Coach Jones just want, wanted to come to me more, so – yeah defense rebound
0: what's the biggest thing you feel like you as a player really need to work on right now? You know Jans has said that you've improved as a non ball defender uh but everybody but clearly everyone wants to be a complete basketball player um what do you feel like you really need to work on?
2: probably defense that's the only thing um yeah defense every day coach james preach defense 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 and that's gonna keep you in the game and on the floor so if i do that that's gonna that's what's gonna happen
0: last question for you here uh do you have any new year's resolutions
2: new year's resolution Nah. no
0: it's okay i definitely i definitely feel that uh i was gonna make new year's resolutions this year but i figured out pretty quick that uh i probably wasn't going to finish them anyway uh i was probably just gonna keep them for a week and then i was gonna drop them so i really like where your head's at uh no no resolution is uh the best resolution that way you don't have any you don't have anything to disappoint (laughs) (laughs) all right chi chi uh thank you so much for being on the show i can't wait to talk to you again soon and good luck this weekend Thank you. No problem. Well, last but not least, we're going to go out with the way out Wagner prediction. I was originally going to do it on Lamar and UTRGV, but since the Lamar game has now been canceled and I'm having to re-record this, I'm just going to do a quickie on the Vaqueros. The 2021-22 season has been tough sledding for UTRGV. They're just 5-8 and eight overall in the season, and they lost their conference their conference opener 86-78 to 78 to Sam Houston State, who is down considerably from where they were last season. And Ken Palm ranks them in the bottom 80 schools in the country and 176 spots below NMSU. They play Grand Canyon Thursday in a game I'm expecting them to get routed in. So I'm going to call back-to-back blowout losses for UTRGV to start whack play. And back-to-back blowout wins for the Aggies, who will pick up their first road win of 2022 with a 75-58 to 58 win over the Vaqueros. Folks, that's it for Season 1, Episode 8 of the Aggie Wagon Podcast. Again, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. As always, be sure to leave a like if you enjoyed the podcast. You can follow the Las Cruces Sun News' NMSU basketball coverage on our website, and you can follow me on Twitter, at StephenWag22. That's Stephen with a PH. So until next time, I'll bid you folks farewell and happy trails got a
1: smile.